Whether you're in the stands or watching along on TV, you can get exclusive open clothing, gifts and more without missing a moment of the action by visiting The Open Shop online. The Open Shop is the only place to get all the official 150th Open merchandise online. And it's also running daily deals and giving away fantastic prizes. Oh, you little beauty. Visit theopen.com forward slash shop now. You're listening to The Open Podcasts. The wait is over. The 150th Open is underway. At 6.35 this morning, Paul Laurie had the honour of hitting the first shot of this year's championship. What followed? Well, we're about to look back at the highlights. Welcome to the 150th show. I'm Marcus Buckland, standing by the first tee. All the groups have now teed off, but play, as you might be able to hear, intermittently is still ongoing. We may just be in the right place to see some big names close out their rounds just yards away on the 18th green. Still out on the course at the moment, we have the likes of Jordan Spieth, Matt Fitzpatrick and Tiger Woods, amongst others, alas. Tiger has struggled. He took a double bogey on the first after going into the burn with his approach shot. And that was a sign of things to come. Don't forget, check the open.com or the official open app for the final leaderboard. I'm delighted to say that joining me once again is Sophie Walker, who's been out on the course following the defending champion Colin Morikawa and Rory McIlroy. We'll talk about them shortly. And former PGA pro turned radio host for Sirius XM, Carl Paulson, is also here. He's a key part of our open radio team at St Andrews as well. And Carl, in general, it's been a good day for the Americans, but not for the most high-profile one of those. Yeah, just a just a terrible start for Tiger Woods, and it's just been a massive struggle on the front nine, and it was his opening, worst opening nine in Open Championship history with a 41. He did birdie the ninth hole, so maybe he can make a couple more birdies coming in, but uh, Cameron Young, man, he has uh, really come on the scene quickly. You know, he has uh, come out fast in these major championships and a really, really good young pro. And in terms of the conditions, Sophie, well, it's delightful at the moment. We've got the seagulls fluttering around, causing a little bit of noise. But in terms of the weather, it's mild. The sun's doing its best to poke through the clouds at the moment. And we had a tiny bit of rain today. But all things considered, it's been nigh on perfect, hasn't it? It's been a very good scoring day and the wind conditions actually where we're stood now on the first tee this is as still as we'll find it heading out to the 11th at the far side it does get quite windy out there and making the turn those downwind holes 12 and 13 14 players are actually find it quite hard to hold the green there's some sneaky pin positions out there but they're needed because there's no defense for this course at the moment the wind is two clubs maximum and you were out, as I mentioned, with Rory amongst others. So tell us about the size of the crowds and how noisy they've got at times today. Yeah, well, he gave them something to cheer about. As he hit that first tee shot, he walked past the big grandstand on the first and the Rory cheers were going. And to be fair, he played really well, only one bogey today. And, and it looked like even though the round took a long time, he was trying to stay patient with it. His pace putting was exceptional. A couple of wedges in close and it's... Everybody was willing the ball in the hole. He is 
feels to me like as big as Tiger this week. Everybody's picked him to win. They want to see Tiger, but they all think Rory's going to lift the claret jug. Well, a six under par 66 has put him in an excellent position after the first round, but it wasn't the best round of the day. Yet when a 25-year-old American on debut at the Open teed off, few, if any, including the man himself, anticipated what would come next. Cameron Young. What a dream start to his first ever Open Championship. Look how burnt the ninth is, and it's gone from over the bank of the green. He's got a lovely, simple kick in. Six under. Seven under par. Can he make it eight under par? And he can, and he can. But at last, his putting touch has returned. What a round of golf. 64, that is eight under par. Yes, bogey-free, eight birdies, five under through the front nine, three more birdies after the turn, including on 18, a perfect finish to a dream start. What was the secret as far as you're concerned, Carl? Well, he has been uh, so consistently good this year, and he, he's keeping the ball in play, keeping the ball in the fairway, which is very difficult to do on the back nine today, uh, being downwind and the, and the ground being so firm and so fast. It's hard to hold those fairways, but... He hit the ball on the fairway, and you can control the spin out of the fairway, which controls your distance. Uh, it was just a fantastic round. Well, he has got pedigree. He finished tie for third at the PGA Championship this year. A couple of wins on the Corn Ferry Tour. Did miss the cut at the Scottish Open last week, but you don't necessarily read too much into that, do you? No, I don't. I don't think Renaissance is much like what the setup will be around the Open Championships. Cam Young, I've been watching him quite a bit on the PGA Tour this year. He's had three second places and, and played exceptionally well. And you're talking about how well he hits the ball off the tee. He's second in strokes gained off the tee. Gains nearly a shot on the field. And you think how high quality these players are at driving the golf ball. And St Andrews, if you're good off the tee, you're just wedging it in and you can get that control like we keep saying. If you just go into the semi-rough downwind, you're getting release. It's hard to judge. Whereas if you're coming from the fairway, you can get that nip, you can land it closer to the flag and keep it closer to the flag. There's so many times we've been looking around today and players have got 40, 50 feet for birdie. That's not makeable. You've got to hit it closer, and that's what he did. Well, everyone who saw him in action today was purring, but he insisted afterwards it wasn't as easy as he made it look. I think I happened to hit some wedges close, and I'm pretty sure I hit it in zero bunkers. But yeah, I think it was a combination of a lot of smart shots and a bunch of good ones, but it wasn't a day that I felt like I had just had control over everything that happened. Um, I still had to work a lot at it. And I think I did a really good job mentally kind of thinking my way around and, and managing kind of the unknowns out there. Well, putting his performance down there to mental preparation, how do you follow up around like that on Friday? Well, you just try to do the exact same thing that you did today. You know, you don't really think about trying to post a score tomorrow. You just want to go out there, hit the ball on the fairway, hit the ball on the greens, give yourself some opportunities to make some birdies and, uh, you know, We'll have to wait and see what the weather does tomorrow as well. It's supposed to be get a little bit of rain. I don't know if that's going to affect conditions, but the way that he is playing, he's in great position. Yep, so a 64 for Young. 63 is the record for a first round at the Open. Phil Mickelson managed that at Royal Troon in 2016. And Rory McIlroy right here in 2010. A 66 for Rory today. We've mentioned that you saw that up close and personal. What impressed you most about him, Sophie? 
as we've just been saying, his pace putting was exceptional. His two playing partners always looked like they had four, five feet for their par. Where Rory didn't, he was knocking it to tapping distance. And that put on the first the significance of 40 feet for birdie. He holed it. And right there, you've got that confidence walking to the second. Is I've got the speed of these greens. I'm going to feel comfortable on them. Because I tell you what, you're going to have some lengthy putts around here. How good is the touch early on? It looks really good. Very good. How about that start? What a start from McElroy. A birdie at the opening hole. Well, the fans were thrilled, and so was Rory. Yeah, it's a nice way to start your day. Um, I think I had a little bit of adrenaline there with the second shot, making sure I wasn't going to be short in the burn and hit a wedge a bit too firm. But, um, yeah, I mean, those putts you're just trying to get it around the hole and tap in for a par and move on to the next. But um, I'd seen that putt all morning. You know, there's a lot of guys that were hitting it past the hole and I knew there was just a little bit of left or right in it. So um, started it on a good line and good speed. And, you know, it's a bit of luck to, to have those sort of putts drop, but it was certainly a nice way to start. I birdied the holes that you should birdie uh, on this golf course. You know, the, the, the two par fives, the drivable par fours uh, for the most part. And yeah, like there's, there's holes here that you just take your par and you run. And then there's holes that you can be a little more aggressive on. And I thought I did a good job today of um, being aggressive when I needed to. And then and then throttling back and, and accepting pars when uh, when they came as well. Birdies on the first and the 18th to bookend his round. Just the one bogey on 13. He made up for that on the next hole. It's the same score he posted at this stage, Carl, when he won at Hoylake in 2014. I know there's a long way to go, but are we justifiably getting very excited about his chances? That's a good omen for sure. Um, you know, he, he can draw off of that. I'm sure that the, uh, the media is going to uh, publish that and he can draw off of that. But uh, more importantly, he, he got off to a good start. He's put himself behind the eight ball so many times in major championships, and he's come roaring back at the very end of the championships to have good finishes, but he really wants to put himself in contention and try and get the lead going into Sunday. So it's all good news for Rory. The headlines belong to him. However, Carl, I think we need to remember what happened in his second round here in 2010 after he shot a 63 on the Thursday. Well, it was an 80 that he carded the second day, but it was an absolutely dreadful day. Windy, raining, just brutal. But still, it's hard to imagine Rory McIlroy shooting 80. No, well, let's hope we're not going to put the mockers on him. He's got that swagger. He loves the fact that the crowd are behind him. He says, in many ways, this is the defence here that I wasn't able to have in 2015 because of the football injury. So maybe all the signs are pointing in the right direction, Sophie. I think so, and the weather isn't supposed to be as bad. We saw him at Port Rush get like blown away by the elements. It's the cliche, the lad from Northern Ireland, he should be good in the wind and rain, and he just isn't. He hits the ball so high. He looks like he swings so freely, and as soon as those waterproofs come on, the head drops almost. It's like, I, I don't fancy it today. So he'll be praying the weather stays the way it is, because when the weather conditions are good, Rory McIlroy normally comes out somewhere near the top and his major record this year is exceptional. He's top 10 in every single one of them. And what you were saying about those first rounds, 
we've been criticising him. He knows he's been shooting poor first rounds. This year has not been the case. So some early glory for Rory, and it's been a very good day for Camerons. As we mentioned, Cameron Young at eight under, three shots ahead of Cameron Smith, who made the most of his early start. Bogey on the 11th was the only blot monster birdie putt on two. 67 is tied for his best start to a major. He shot the same at the 2020 Masters when he finished second. We know what a good putter he is, so I guess his success today comes as no surprise. No surprise at all. Not only is he a great putter, he's one of the best wedge players on, on the PGA Tour and, and around the world in professional golf. Um, I, you know, he's our players champion. Uh, he, he shines in big moments and he's ready to put himself into contention more often in major championships. Yeah, do you expect him to be here for the duration of this week up near the top of the leaderboard, Sophie? I do. I think he's the best player in men's golf not to win a major. Um, he's been playing exceptional. Well, Will Zalatoris is up there, but I'd put those two around the same, in my opinion. His caddy says inside 60 yards. I just leave him to it. He's so good. He will be hanging around. Off the tee, he can get a few left, but hey, that's not the end of the world around here. It's pretty wide for these players. He gets better and better as he gets closer to the hole and a good opening round for the Australian. It was nice to get out there this morning, I think, in uh, a little less wind. Um, there's a few holes where you have to kind of fight the wind with your drive uh, to keep the ball on the fairway, which is quite tough to, to do and to judge. So, um, yeah, just a few niggly shots out there off the tee, and um, from there it's, it's just about hitting your number on, on, the, uh, on the approach. So two of the cams can and did. The other Cameron in the field, by the way, Cameron Tringali, started well, but eventually had to settle for a one under par score. Explore the rich history of the Open like never before with our interactive timeline celebrating the journey. Visit thejourney.theopen.com and immerse yourself in golf's original championship. Now, just before we came on air, there was a huge cheer from the 17th green, and that was for Si Woo Kim, who managed to save his par from that infamous bunker. And we may get a ripple of applause shortly because his trio have just made it to the 18th green behind us. Siwoo Kim at three under par. Very talented young player, Sophie. Very talented indeed. Was the youngest ever winner of the Players' Championship at 21 years old. And by the sound of it, Mark, is getting the full experience of the old course. Yes, well, it's ups and downs here as just about anyone who ever plays the old course learns sooner rather than later. Let's have a look at some of the more surprising stories of the day, starting with Barclay Brown, a four under par 68 for the English amateur. We know that St Andrews can be favourable for amateurs and for qualifiers, and maybe this is the latest young man who's going to put his name up in lights. Yeah, he's the Stanford Cardinal who plays out there in uh, California, got off to a, a heck of a start, and as an amateur, and you get off to a start like that in a major championship, it can really give you some confidence. If he can go out tomorrow and shoot under par, he's going to put himself right in the thick of things. Well, it was a beautifully judge putt from the top of the ledge for birdie on 17. One of his highlights, five birdies in total. The big question, Sophie, can he go and back it up tomorrow? 
Well, he'll think that, that's for sure. He's going to be playing a lot of Lynx golf. There's a amateur, big amateur event at St Andrews, the Brabazon, there's a there's Lytham Trophy. They live on Lynx golf, these amateurs, the England amateurs. And uh, with the bucket heart, if he does go well for these two rounds, I think we could see a few of them at the weekend. Yes, the bucket hat was notable. And for a man happy to wear that, he sounded suitably relaxed when he finished. Fortunately, it was fairly tranquil. I was I was out obviously at crack of dawn, um, so it, it it never really got too difficult out there. Managed to just keep it fairly solid. I hit a couple of bad shots, but managed to miss in the right places, so it didn't end up in too much bother. Uh, so yeah, I, I mean, I, I think uh, as far as my first maze round could have gone, I, I kept it relatively as stress-free as I probably could have done. Well, the game was mighty impressive. Are you happy with the bucket hat, Sophie? Well, at when Anna Davis, sorry, won the uh, Augusta National, the women's amateur, she had a bucket hat on. And since then, since April, everyone seems to be wearing a very oasis, isn't it? In fact, there's a theme, a bit of an oasis theme today. Yes, well, we had a lot of sartorial conversations. Justin Thomas was at the thick of them because of his choice of trousers. Uh, Carl, could you give us a bit more detail about that? Yeah, those are uh, called joggers, and they're basically like khakis, like golf slacks, but at the bottom they come to come to, you know tight around your ankle and there's a, a bit of elastic and uh, most people wear the short socks with it. So you can see a couple inches of his, of his ankle down there. But um, look, he's in good shape. He's skinny. He's a good looking dude. He can pull it off. <laughs> well, there was a mixed response to those trousers and there were some hoodies on display as well, which again had some of our more experienced commentators spluttering into their tea, Sophie. Yeah, I did notice that actually Justin Thomas was wearing a hoodie as well, so he was double dosing all the shocks as he walked down that old course and uh, Cam Smith had almost like an anorak going on. That's what the Oasis type theme. And hey, like it's fashion, if you're comfortable out there playing golf, then why not wear it? And, and like you said, he looks great. And I'm all for seeing people express themselves. We keep talking about golfers can be emotionless sometimes. And if you're wearing the clothes, you can express what you're like, what you want to wear off the golf course. It's so nice to finish around the golf and pop to the pub or the bar, restaurant, and nobody looks at you and goes, oh, you've obviously been on the golf course. Well, some applause for C. Woo Kim, who has just parred the 18th. So he finishes at three under, and actually he's quite colourful in his attire as well. And he has got a sweater on that he should probably leave in the closet next time he comes out. <laughs> Okay, so some questionable clothing choices perhaps, but well done, Barkley Brown in particular, a little off Tom Lewis's 2011 record opening round for an amateur of 65, but a great day for him nonetheless. Now, some other notable scores. How about Victor Hovland, who finished four under and birdied 16, 17 and 18? Well, it was an interesting day for Victor Hovland. He put himself in some positions in some of these bunkers that were just awful. He had to play sideways at the at the uh, fourth hole, and then uh, later on in the round, he had to take an unplayable lie because he was right up against the edge of one of these very steep face bunkers. So uh, that's a great round of golf considering the troubles that he had in some of these bunkers. Yeah, and some other players who've created headlines of their own. Minwoo Lee, who started very early and double bogeyed the third but battled back to post a three-under-par score, along with Bryson DeChambeau and Xander Schauffele, who, of course, in terms of current form, is the hottest player in the sport at the moment. He is. He's won his last three outings. The Travellers, um, he won at Adair Manor, which isn't a tour event as such, and then won last week at the Scottish Open. 
got off to a, a reasonably slow start. Three putted the first, didn't look like he was getting the pace of the greens. And then he just kept fighting. And that's what Xander likes to do, that underdog feeling. And he's already got a gold medal in the Olympics. He might be looking for a gold medal here. They're all going to leave the course reasonably happy today. The same can't be said for the defending champion, Colin Morikawa. Even par, what wasn't functioning for him today, Sophie? The flat stick, he was just three-putting from everywhere and just didn't look just all that happy out there. His two playing partners, Rory obviously got it going early, Xander got it back and Colin just didn't look great as he took his hat off at the end. He kind of rubbed his forehead. He made birdie on the last for level pike and take something into tomorrow from that, but just not what he'd have wanted for defending this championship. There's a lot of opportunities out there and I uh, just wasn't giving myself chances to make birdie. And then when I did, putts weren't dropping and speed was off. And, you know, hopefully today was a bad day and uh, we keep going on up uh, the next few. Uh, I mean, obviously St. Andrews is gorgeous. I mean, it's a, it's a beautiful golf course. I think you saw that it was very gettable today with, you know, quite a handful of uh, par fours that were drivable. Um, but with that, you know, you got to start hitting good shots and you got to start making putts. And uh, today, you know, couldn't take advantage of that. And I mentioned three other names too as well. Carl Wills, Alatoris, Francesco Molinari and Brooks Kepka all at one over. So they're clearly already a long way back. But what sort of score are they going to have to shoot tomorrow to make sure they're in some sort of contention? Do you well, think? they're going to have to get in that uh, three under, four under range just to get them, get the leaders back in, in shouting distance. So Will Zalatoris, uh, out of those three names that you just mentioned, was the biggest surprise for me. He's already got two second place finishes in major championships, hits the ball a long way, flights it nicely. Uh, sometimes that putting stroke gets a little wobbly, but he makes a lot of putts. Now, for two players, posting a score at the 150th Open today was not something they were expecting to do this time yesterday. But we had two withdrawals early in the day. Rikuyo Hoshino came in late for Justin Rose, who tried to make the start but decided not to because of back pain, which restricted him to only four practice holes yesterday. Now, Alex Noren, who was ahead of Hoshino as a first alternate, decided to leave St Andrews early in the week to travel to America to play there. Hoshino had at least been at St Andrews preparing. Spare a thought for Aaron Rye, who only realised he was an alternate yesterday. He drove up from the West Midlands on Wednesday night. Apparently, he slept in his car on the beach and his determination was rewarded when Eric Van Royen had to withdraw. Rye teed off this afternoon. He is currently still on the course. Hoshino shot a three over, by the way. But how about that for preparation? Sleeping in your car. I hope he's got a big car and that it wasn't too blustery down on the beach. Yeah, I don't understand that. <laughs> You've got to find a place to stay, Aaron. Come on. Well, sometimes I guess you don't have time to get nervous. You suddenly just turn up and uh, well, hopefully he's going to have a decent round. Well, for a guy who's known for his preparation, anything but. I mean, Aaron Rice's commitment to getting into this championship is something else. He was playing PGA Tour. He took a flight over. He drove a few hours to try and qualify for this Open Championship. I think he actually lost in a playoff in the qualifying to get to this alternate alternate spot so he was devastated but what a 24 hours he's had he must be so tired well we're being slightly distracted at the moment as the next three ball arrives just behind us on the 18th green we've got taylor gooch who's at three under we've got sean norris who's at three over 
and we've got Wyndham Clark, who is even past, so a little bit of a mixture. What's about to happen now, do you think? Yeah, the Henrik Stinson's group right behind us is actually hitting up, so they're waving up the group behind to, to speed play up just a little bit. I'm sure that was uh, brought on by the officials. But the one thing we've also said about this 18th, it's going to offer all sorts of possibilities because most of the players are driving the green, and who knows, come Sunday afternoon, an eagle might be required to win the Open, and it would be no great surprise if we got one. Uh, Paul Laurie today, who was four over playing the 18th, eagled this hole. It is not unusual. No, it's not. Actually, three of the holes with this wind are reachable. They're playing call up on nine, 12, and now the 18th. And, and players aren't hitting driver here. They're hitting three woods or long irons, looking to pitch it about 50 yards short, catch the hump and chase it onto the front of this green. It's just like a three and a half par today. So a hubbub of activity all around us. Just to give you an update on some of the big names still out on the course. Scotty Scheffler currently at four under. John Rahm and Jordan Spieth both one under. And some better news coming in of Tiger Woods who actually birdied nine and ten. So he's got himself back to four over. Who knows what he might be able to produce tomorrow. And all the holes coming in are downwind as well, so maybe he can bounce back even more and get somewhere close to level. And knowing Tiger as you do, I mean, if he doesn't make the cut, it won't be for a, a want of trying, but do you think he is still capable of being here for the weekend? Of course. I mean, he's um, been one of the biggest grinders in this game for a long, long time, and he is going to give it everything he's got. And in terms of the conditions, you've both mentioned that it could be a little tougher tomorrow then again the wind can favor a lot of the players but some rain as well so in terms of the scoring the pin placements are you expecting roughly the same as today yeah I think so um, if they do if we do get a little bit of rain it'll soften things up slightly and of course it's pretty firm it's gonna take a lot of rain to soften it up completely but if it if it softens up just a little bit and the greens be a little bit more accessible some of these whole locations that I'm sure we're gonna see tomorrow will be a little bit more accessible for the players I would say very close in scoring average. Are you going to be on Rory Watch again? You brought him luck today, Sophie. <laughs> yeah, let's hope so. I think the players out there were were in shock, actually, at how far the ball was rolling downwind. You know, hitting lock, two irons off the tee well over 300 yards and getting to the ball going, surely that is not mine. They'll learn from that tomorrow, and I think the scoring will be very similar. Sophie, thank you very much indeed. And Carl, thank you for your company as well. A reminder, the final leaderboard for Thursday can be found on theopen.com and the official Open app. And there you'll also be able to follow Friday's action by listening to the Open Radio. We are on air from 6.30 in the morning and are due to be joined by none other than Tom Watson at around about 9.15 a.m. UK time. Please don't miss that. And make sure you subscribe to the Open Podcasts so that you don't miss tomorrow's episode. But until then, from me, Marcus Buckland, and all the team here at St Andrews, it's goodbye. Subscribe to The Open's official YouTube channel to enjoy the best video content from golf's original championship, including official films dating back to 1970, full final rounds from past Opens, a range of compilations showcasing memorable moments, highlights from the 150th Open, and much more. Subscribe today to ensure you don't miss a thing. 
This has been an original audio production from The Open.